Hi, thanks for checking out this message from our River Valley Church family here in Boise, Idaho. We hope that it encourages and inspires you. For more messages, be sure to check out our other podcasts. For more content from River Valley, go to our website, rivervalleyboise.com. Enjoy this message. Well, good morning, River Valley. How are we doing this morning? Awesome. It's great to be with you this morning, and we are going to be wrapping up the series on this mindset of gratitude today. Hasn't it been great? It's been amazing. Larry started us off with some powerful stories, personal stories of how he was able to move beyond his natural inclination to be bitter and to be angry. And what he did was he opened the door for God to work. You see, according to our mindset is according to our faith. And it releases God to work and intervene in ways that he otherwise could not. And so it's super important. So um, then uh, Pastor Zach, uh, again, just knocked it out of the park, being so vulnerable and sharing he and Mackenzie's journey. Um, just real life, right? Just real life. And um, sometimes we kind of paint a, um, a glossy picture of everything being rosy, but sometimes it's not. It's just hard, and that's okay. We don't try to minimize that. We don't try to say it's not happening. Um, this whole idea of a mindset is not this fairy tale idea that there's no difficulty in trials. Jesus was very clear, in this world you will experience trial and difficulty. But in the midst of that, it has to do with our attitude. Pastor Tim last week talked about out of 1 Chronicles 29 and just that response of worship and gratitude as we fix our eyes, you know, really clearly upon the Lord. And so we're going to continue with that, but we start off each week and say, God, what do you want me to know today? Okay, so just, just take a moment, Lord. Um, what do you want me to know today? I'm open. I want to hear. I don't want to just be a hearer. I want to be a doer. I want you to transform my heart. I want you to make a difference in me. And, uh, you know, God loves to do that. He loves to do that. A couple of things I want to share today that I felt the Lord really impressed me with this is, first of all, to talk about how important, how critical this is. Uh, sometimes we have the cliches that we, yeah, it's Thanksgiving, so we're going to have a Thanksgiving series. No, this, this is really about life and death. This is about emotional health and walking in victory or not. Uh, and the second thing that I really felt like the Lord impressed upon me was how this mindset of gratitude affects relationships. And so we're going to dig into those, those two things and, uh, and just talk about how it affects our relationship with God, it affects our relationship with one another, and it affects our ability to walk in victory over the enemy and to stay in a place of emotional health. Uh, it's basically impossible to be emotionally healthy and not grateful. If gratitude is not a mark in your life, I'll say this about you, you are not emotionally healthy. Uh, you're not experiencing peace. You're not experiencing joy. You're not experiencing that, that uh, hope that God wants to bring because all of those are very much tied 
to gratitude in this, this mindset. Uh, as Pastor Zach mentioned, over 250 times in Scripture, this idea, concept of gratitude is brought up. And so that tells us that, uh, that it's important. And uh, I just want to lay out something. This is what the Apostle James says. This is James chapter 3 and verse 13. If you'd like to turn in your Bibles there, if you have your Bible, your phone, your um, um, whatever medium that you use with the Word of God. It says, who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in humility that comes from wisdom. Now, notice that word wisdom. Wisdom has to do with a wise mindset, okay? It's with a healthy thinking. It's a perspective that you live and walk in. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom, in quotes, Okay, a little sarcastic um, comment here that James says, does not come down from heaven, but is, is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. Oh, that's pretty heavy. For whatever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder in every kind of evil. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, it's also peace-loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and good deeds. It shows no partiality and is always sincere. Now, again, gratitude is this heavenly wisdom, this heavenly mindset. How many of you think that Pastor Larry had an opportunity to uh, have a bit of bitter envy? when he uh, was fired by that uh, professor who spoke lies about him. Yeah, that's the natural way we go. That's the natural, quote, wisdom. But God has something so much better for us to, to help us walk in that. So we have to, to say to ourselves, uh, my current way of thinking, gratitude or ingratitude, kind of positive or negative, is my current level of wisdom, okay? Uh, it's our, my mindset. So we, we, we need to own that, okay? We don't have to be shamed by that, but we just own it. Hey, this is where I'm at, but this is where God wants me to be. And so when we begin to contrast that, it helps us not to just be hearers, but to really be, be doers. And so again, James talks about this mindset being being demonic. So uh, it stands to reason that this, quote, pseudo-wisdom uh, is, is the way that the enemy thinks and wants us to think, correct? So we could just make a simple list. Uh, to be prideful. Where do you think that comes from? Okay, that's, that's obviously the enemy. To be covetous. Um, it's one of the top ten in the Ten Commandments. Uh, ungrateful. Um, one of the things that God says he hates those who are ungrateful, it says in Proverbs, uh, cynical, uh, disunifying, self-pity, idolatrous. Oh, we could name those and go on the line. Galatians chapter 5, verse 19 actually kind of gives a list of the manifestations of the flesh. Now, we're going to see that our flesh, our natural fallen nature, tends towards those things, ingratitude and 
and self-pity and those kinds of things. That's, that's our bent in a, in a natural, uh, unsanctified place. But, but a righteous and a, a godly mindset or a godly wisdom is marked by humility, uh, by gratitude, uh, joyful, peaceful, loving, kind, generous. Again, the list in Galatians 5.22, the fruit of the Spirit, again, lays that out. So it's a, it's a contrast of really night and day, the difference between the two. And sometimes we, we, we don't recognize how serious this really is. What I'm partaking of when I partake of self-pity, when I partake of ingratitude, what's going on. Jesus said it this way in Luke chapter 6 and verse 45, the good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart, for out of the overflow of his heart, his mouth speaks. Okay, so when we're talking about good man, evil man, we're talking about the difference between a man who lets Jesus shape us, okay? Living a Jesus-shaped life, being the one who is allowing that, that uh, work of the Holy Spirit to work inside of us. And when we do that, it, uh, it changes the way we think. Now, several years ago, there was a man by the name of Darren Lindley that came and spoke at our church in Pocatello, and he gave him a series that made a great impact upon my life, a whole new understanding of Genesis 3. And I, I want to share that with you. Pastor Zach said all good messages go and start in Genesis. So we're going we're gonna to do that, Pastor Zach, so that um, this will be a good message. Okay, I don't have time to really fully unpack this for you, um, but I, I think I can give you an, enough of an outline that you can follow and you can kind of see what's happening. So let's look at Genesis 3, uh, verses 1 through 5. Let's just pray before we, before we uh, go on any further. I just feel like we need to ask the Lord to give us uh, insight. Jesus, we just invite you to really speak to us about the one thing that you want us to know today. And Lord, we choose just to open our hearts um, to what you're saying. Uh, Lord, we take authority against the enemy, every distraction, every hindering thought, every wandering thought. And we just take them captive into the obedience of Jesus. And we just pray that you give us listening hearts, uh, obedient hearts. Uh, Lord, hearts that are humble and willing to be taught. And Lord, we just thank you for your Holy Spirit. And we just ask that you would bring a clear revelation to us today, Lord. And I just, I thank you for doing that. Thank you for using your humble servant, Lord, to take my simple words and supernaturalize them to touch uh, each and every person here today and those who are watching online. I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. So Genesis 3 says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God actually say, You shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may not eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. I'm sorry, let's say that again. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. But God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it lest you die. It's really the one that's in the middle, okay? 
But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. There was a lot of mystery in my mind about that whole thing that happened with that. Really, what was going on? You know, what did the, the fruit look like? What was it different? Uh, it's inter- interesting that it didn't have an indication that it looked better than anything else. In other words, even say, well, we can't eat of the best tree. We can eat of any tree, but we can't eat of the best tree. We can't eat of the most delicious tree. He didn't say that. It just simply says the one that's in the middle. Now, all of us have an idea of what we like and what we don't like. And when we say we like something, it's not the one that's in the middle. We have descriptions for it. You know what I mean, like? So you guys all know that I've got a pickup, Marcel and I got a pickup a year or so ago. And it's a Ford F-150 King Ranch, red, two-tone, da-da-da-da-da. Okay. <laughs> Mark says it's a grandpa pickup. It's got uh, massaging seats. and Okay. So I'm very specific about this, what I like and don't like. But this tree was just another tree, it seems like. It says don't eat of, of just that tree. Now, that's important for us to see because Satan says God doesn't want you to be like him knowing good from evil. Now, it's interesting the Hebrew words that are used for good and evil are not moral words. They're not good in the sense of righteous or godly. It's good in the most general sense of the word. And when it says evil, it's not really uh, morally evil. It's actually just bad. Um, In the broadest sense of the word bad. And so uh, when he was saying that you will know good from bad, he was saying you're going to have a discernment that you don't have now. You're going to be able to see things in a different way than you see them. Now, how did they see them at that time? Well, we can just surmise some things. And the fact that when God created the world, in each day he said what? It is good. It is good. He he pronounced it is good. Now I think that there was something significant about that pronouncement that Adam and Eve actually relied upon God so they would know what's good and what's bad. So when they began and they partook of the fruit, and they began to decide for themselves what's good and bad, that became a part of our fallen nature. That we did not trust God to tell us what's good and what's bad. We trusted ourselves. Proverbs says this, trust the Lord with all your heart and do not lean, what? Upon your own understanding. Now let me just illustrate this for you. And that many, many times we will think that something is good or we'll think something is bad and we're wrong. You know what I mean by that? A person, they are working a job and they get fired, they get a pink slip in their paycheck and is that good or bad? Oh, that's bad. I mean, what am I going to do? And panic comes in and, oh, this is terrible. And yet, a few weeks later, they end up with a new job. 
that they actually like, that pays them more, and they think, that was good. And we have all had experience like that, haven't we? Things that, that seem to be good. My daughter, my oldest daughter, Andrea, was working for Albertsons out in Seattle, and uh, she was just a couple years out of the home, I can't probably 20, 21, and, and she had gotten this job. And she was moving her way up in Albertsons, and one day, um, it turned out that all of the upper-level management was gone. And uh, the district management, they would do surprise visits, and they would come into a store, and they would just check out everything. And it turned out that Andrea was the, the most senior person there, and she wasn't that far up the chain. And uh, so she had to take the district manager around and just explain everything, what they were doing. And she called that night, and she was in tears. And she said, I had the worst day of my life. And she's explaining all the pressure, and, and she had fumbled this, and this then happened. And it was just a terrible day. Well, about two or three months later, she's actually working in the office uh, in the bookkeeping. And they are, uh, I think they were interviewing for a front-end manager. It was a pretty, uh, uh, pretty big jump. And she, she wanted that, and I, I think she uh, maybe even made the application. I can't remember if she made the application or not. But the funny thing is, where she was at, she could hear uh, the conversation over the phone with the district manager. And uh, the store manager had already selected a person that she wanted to take this position. And uh, also the district manager says, well, what about Andrea, the one that I met when I came to the store, I think she should have that position. And the store manager kind of argued, says, no, it's going to be Andrea. And all of a sudden, she gets this major promotion. So the worst day of her life, God turned it about for good. Okay, just take a few minutes, or just 30 seconds, turn to somebody and tell them a story of how you thought something was bad, and all of a sudden, it turned out to be good. Can you do that? Just think for a second. What is something that you thought was bad turned out to be good? Okay. How many of you have a story? Okay. How many... Did anybody hear a really amazing story they need to tell? Okay, I'll tell my story. We could go Saturday. No, I've been, I got hooked on fishing. It's a terrible addiction, let me tell you. And uh, so I've been, I have a little skiff, and it's great, but it's a little trolling motor. It goes about four miles an hour max, and when you get into wind and rough water, you tend to get sopping wet. And when it's cold, it's not much fun. And uh, so I've been looking for a boat that go a little bit faster, that you could get out of situations, you could go where you want to fish, uh, for a few months. So a week ago Saturday, um, my, our family was over, we had game day, and, and my son-in-law, uh, he's way into fishing, and I was telling him about this boat I'd found. And so this little red boat here, um, I found it online, it was like brand new. It had been in the water for 20 minutes, and it's red, which is my favorite color. It just seemed like this was a boat. Been on the market for four months, 
And uh, so I'm texting or messaging this person and found out that her husband had a heart attack and so they needed to sell the boat, which is a sad story. Um, but uh, I'm thinking this is, 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 is the perfect boat. And uh, all of a sudden, uh, I see a sold thing pop up. Oh, this, this thing has been on Marketplace for four months, and all of a sudden it's sold in the middle of the conversation. Now, I know enough about God to say, okay, God, maybe I'm not supposed to buy a boat. I rebuke you, devil, in the name of Jesus. <laughs> or maybe you've got something better for me. Okay? So, um, 10 days go, goes by, and I'm actually working on this message. Um, and uh, I, uh, my son-in-law had told me that I ought to go out to Indian Creek Sports and check them out. So I'm sitting there, you know, I'm just going to run out there. And I ran out there, and uh, I found this boat, which is not near as flashy, but as I talked to him, it's worth about twice what the other boat is new. It's made much, much better, and uh, it will be a very functional, great boat. Okay, again, God wants to intervene, but we can fight him. You know what I mean? We can be angry. We can, you know, be disappointed. Now, it's okay to be disappointed, but you need to process that with God and say, God, I know that you are good, okay? Now, good doesn't mean that I always get what I want, but it's what's best for me, right? And so it's just, a, it's just again, I, I share it as an illustration that we can always trust God's goodness in the midst of every and each situation. I mean, you and I probably, I've talked to people who have went through horrendous things. I mean, great sickness or great loss, um, financial calamity. I mean, lost all of their, their wealth that they'd built up. But this is what they will say. I've heard it time and time again. I wouldn't want to go through it again, but I would not trade what I learned from that for all the money in the world. Okay? Because that's what God does. And again, if you fall into that trap of bitterness, you will never come to that place. You will never come to that realization because the enemy will suck you down like in quicksand into a place of self-pity and anger. And that's why... Uh, James says, count it all joy when you encounter trials of various kinds. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its perfect result. That you may perfect, be perfect, complete, lacking in nothing. Okay? That's the way that God's work. And that's why we can be grateful even when things don't look good. Even when things are difficult. Even when we are disappointed. Because God is working. Let's, let's look at some of the roots of ingratitude. Uh, and we've kind of mentioned this before, but, but pride is one of the key roots of ingratitude because it says, I know best, or I know better than God. And, and it's, it's arrogance, isn't it? And yet, that can be where we find ourselves uh, in our thinking. Secondly, uh, entitlement. Uh, Satan tried to do that with Adam and Eve. He said, you will be like God. You are entitled 
to be able to have more and to see more and to understand more. Uh, I deserve better. Uh, envy is another uh, big piece of this. I should have what they have. Pastor Tim uh, brought that up in his message last week, that comparing ourselves to others. And when you're busy comparing yourself to others, you're not grateful. Okay? You're not grateful. It's, it's going to... Um, Move you off track. Third, fourthly, uh, covetousness. Uh, I want what they have. Okay, why is that in the Ten Commandments? Thou shalt not covet. Because again, God knows what that does to our spirit. Okay, it moves us away from thankfulness and gratitude and a mindset of plenty to a mindset of lack. This was actually my assignment to be in the book of Philippians, so we're going to go there now. Because, um, but one of the things I, I noticed with this is, now remember, Philippians is all about joy and rejoicing. That's the theme, really, that Paul um, is talking about. And he knew what he was talking about, right? Because uh, we learned that in, in Acts that, that he was in a Philippian jail, and when he wrote the book of Philippians, he was in jail. Now, this was not some uh, cushy um, kind of jail. It wasn't some executive place. It was a place uh, that did not have TV. <laughs> it did not have exercise rooms. Uh, it did not have three square meals a day. In fact, it was probably a cold, damp dungeon. I threw you in a hole, and that was prison. And so in the midst of this, Paul is talking about this idea of rejoicing. But I want you to see how having an attitude of gratitude and a mindset of gratitude affects our relationships with one another. So he says, there, this is Philippians 2, verse 1. He says, therefore, if any of you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, um, that did a wonderful job just talking about, if you want to know if God's good, look at what Jesus did on the cross. I mean, that just, that just finalizes it, sums it up, no questions beyond that. Uh, but says, if any comfort from his love, of any uh, common sharing in the spirit, any tenderness and compassion, anybody experience any of those? Okay, I hope you have. Um, because uh, if you haven't, then you have missed out on what God has for you. It says, then make my joy complete by being like-minded. Now, see how he, he connects this with this thing of being like-minded, walking in unity, in right relationship with one another. Having the same love, being one in spirit, and, and of one mind. Now, as we focus on the goodness of God and what he has done, the encouragement, the comfort that he has brought, the, the, the fact that we have been rescued from eternal damnation, okay? that, that attitude of gratitude makes us feel rich. Okay? It, it makes us feel like we're rich enough to share with others. Uh, it, the enemy wants us to feel stingy. He wants us to feel like there's, there's not enough and we're living in a place of lack and so we want to protect ourselves. But when you have that overflowing gratitude, it overflows towards others. He says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but to each 
uh, to the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same, what? Mindset as Christ. Okay? Jesus, it says in, in Hebrews 12, um, for the, what? Joy set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and therefore has set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Okay? He did that for us. He did it with joy because he wasn't living in a place of lack. He wasn't living in a place of ingratitude because ingratitude causes us to focus on ourselves. Okay? Poor me. It's self-pity. I deserve more. I want more. They have more. Whatever the thinking is, it's, a, it's cancer to relationship. And so God wants to to enable us to be able to uh, understand uh, what we have been given by looking at him and looking at his goodness so that we feel like we have plenty to to give to others. I love to brag on my mom. My mom turned 100 this year, and uh, she's living in an extended care facility. And fortunately, a lot of my relatives run the care facility, so she's well taken care of. But, But mom... Uh, when you ever talk to her, I call her every other week. How you doing, Mom? I'm blessed. I'm blessed. And whenever anybody does even the smallest thing for her, she will just gush with thanksgiving. Thank you so much for taking care of me. Now that is a contrast to many residents in an extended care facility. So guess who is the favorite? Everybody loves to work with my mom. Because she's grateful. Well, it just stands to reason. And so who has more friends? The grateful person or the ungrateful? You don't have to think about that very long, do you? Do you want to have friends? Okay. Be a grateful person. Focus on the needs of others, not your own needs. And you will gain friends. So, I mean, we see this happening in our world today, big time. Right now, what's happening in our own nation and culturally is a rise of ingratitude, of this feeling of being entitled. You know, um, even in the Middle East, I was listening to a, a man who um, was, was raised in Gaza, uh, escaped to Israel uh, because he rejected the thinking. I tell you, the, the Hamas trains their children from their, the, they can first talk to hate. Their number one goal in life is to kill a Jew. Literally. That's not just a few people. That is the culture of Hamas. And that's, that's what he talked about. And he rejected that. And it's a crazy story of how he went to Israel and then he got sent back out of Israel. And we, they didn't want him. And, but he, he just maintained that. But he said, there is just this this ingratitude, this hatred. They sold our land. and I mean, all of it's based upon lies, but it just, it causes them to be uh, completely stifled in life. I mean, the average person in, in, in Gaza and in the, in the, in the, among Hamas and in the, in the Palestinians uh, make $7,000 a year. Just across the border uh, in Israel, the average income is 55000 a year. It has economic impact upon our thinking and our, our, and our mentality. 
And so there's not any creativity and there's no industry and there's nothing to, 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 to help them to go forward. But you see this anti-sentiment. <laughs> What's the word? Yeah, that word. <laughs> Hatred of Jews is, is rampant across our world right now. Isn't it crazy? I mean, in, in happening on college campuses and stuff. But you listen to their rhetoric. And their rhetoric, rhetoric is envy and covetousness of the Jews. The Jews, they have stolen things. They have whatever they've made up. But you can see it is demonic. It is demonic in its origin. Now, we don't want to get anywhere close to that, right? But you do see that manifested in, cult, in critical race theory, in this whole social justice thing. It's, it's trying to make envious covetousness because that is the enemy's schemes and strategies, right? And so he's, he's attacking those kind of things. But we can make the choice to rejoice and be grateful with God's grace, okay? God is wanting to empower us and to deliver us from the world's way of thinking. So Paul continues on Philippians 4, and this is what my, my assignment was. Rejoice in the Lord always, and I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, Present your requests to God. Now again, it's not saying that we don't have trouble. It's not saying that everything is hunky-dory, we don't have to worry about anything. It's not this kind of Pollyanna um, mentality. No, we face our grief. We face our disappointment. We face the trials and the things with prayer. What did First Thessalonians tell us? Three things. Rejoice. Pray without thinking, without ceasing. <laughs> Pray without ceasing and give thanks in every situation. Okay, those three are key. And here he says it again. So when you have your trial, when you have your disappointment, when things don't seem to go the way that you think they should go, you take them to God. It says, um, in every situation with prayer and petition, but do it with thanksgiving. You're saying, God, I know that you are good. I know that you are faithful. The song that we just sang, all my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. You see, that's a thinking, that's a mentality that gets triggered when you hit those difficult times. Again, remember Paul was saying this, not from a cushy jail, but from a place that was very, very uh, difficult. And, it says, and the peace of God, verse 7, which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. Do you realize what most people would give for 15 minutes of peace? Just 15 minutes of peace. Because they live in that place of anguish, that place of fear, that place of envy, all those kind of things, and it steals what God has for them. But he says, you walk in this, and you'll walk in a place of peace. So let me just conclude with this. How do we change our mindset? How many of you think you might need to change your mindset a little bit? Okay. The rest of you are not telling the truth. 
<laughs> okay, I'm telling you, this is, this is the privilege I have preaching. I get to preach to myself for three weeks. Okay. Um, and these are, these are things that I recognize that I need to grow in. First of all, we need to recognize the seriousness of the sin of ingratitude. Okay, let's just call it what it is. Ingratitude is a sin. Okay? Basically, ingratitude is an assassination of the character of God. Okay? It says, God, you're not good. You lied when you said in Romans 8.28 that you cause all things to work together for good to those who love you, who are called according to your purpose. Okay, So, ingratitude when it comes down to it, is, is sin. We need, to, we need to recognize that. Secondly, we need to repent. We need to repent of that thinking. Repent of that ingratitude, that current mindset. Remember, repent is the word metanoia, which is to change the way you think about the way you think. Okay, Who can help you do that? Okay, Only God. I don't believe it's, I mean, there's a certain degree of, of mind shift and you can work with things, but real change of thinking happens at a heart level, okay? I mean, coming to a place where you don't have to think about it, a place you don't have to say, okay, I need to be grateful, okay, get on a, get on a happy face. No, I'm talking about when God begins to put gratitude in your heart and you're just saying, it just flows, it flows out of you. That's the working of the grace of God, but First of all, we have to admit where we're at. We have to admit our sin, and we, we confess that sin to God, and, and then we say, God, I need, I need your help, Lord. I need you to work on that. Uh, and sometimes there's practical things. It's having accountability to people and having people call you out. And say, oh, yeah, you're right. I, uh, but there's, there's practical things that go with it, but it's basically still the grace of God that's going to change you from the inside out. Thirdly, we need to focus on God and his goodness. And Pastor Tim unpacked this powerfully last week, and, and Larry and, and Zach, all of them. So I'm not going to go into great deal. But, but when Paul and Silas were thrown into prison, and they began to praise God, they were making a choice to rejoice. Okay? They were making a choice. And it released the power of heaven in such a way that it broke them out of jail. Okay? That's, that's the, the, the reality of what happens when we do that. Fourthly, again, focus on blessings rather than difficulties. Um, it's just easy to, to focus on the things that are a challenge in life. Things are not going to be hunky-dory. Uh, Jesus didn't gloss over it, but we can choose. It's interesting, John Gottman in the Gottman Institute talks about marriage. He says the difference between a bad marriage and a good marriage is basically what people focus on. They did studies of hundreds of people. And in a good marriage, they focused on the positive attributes of their spouse. But in a, 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 a bad or struggling marriage, they focused on all of the negative things. Okay, So again, it's a choice to say, Lord, I want to focus on those things. Number five, look... Um, Seek to look at circumstances and people around you through God's eyes. And this is where it requires that we spend time in God's presence. This is where we take our disappointment to him. And we say, God, I'm really disappointed over that situation. 
Would you give me your perspective on that? Would you help me to see that through your eyes? And he wants to. He wants to, but again, if we're busy in our own self-pity, we're busy in our own whatever, we're going to miss out. We're not going to see what God wants us to see. But if we quiet our hearts, if we're spending time with the Lord, if we bring that question to him, saying, Jesus, I just need your perspective here because this seems like it really sucks. This, this seems like it's really bad. I don't see any redeeming value of this and, and I'm angry and I'm mad. And you can tell him all those things. He's not afraid of your frustrations and your anger, but just go to him and say, Jesus, give me your perspective. Let me just finish with this. 4 7, Philippians 4 4 7. Um, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent and praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me, uh, put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Amen. Amen. I'd like the worship team to come. And, you know, I just want to just say, you know, that all of this sounds good. Maybe those of you who are listening online and say, yeah, that sounds good, but I don't see how in the world I can possibly do it. Well, it begins with that relationship with God. If you don't have that personal relationship with God, this is all going to be just, you know, psychological gunk, okay? But I tell you, the God of the Bible loves you and cares about you and has the power to change you from the inside out. And if you just surrender your life fully and completely to him, he will do what you cannot do. And he'll make you new from the inside. He'll give you a new heart with new and right desires. And that's what he longs to do. And that's what he wants to do for all of us. Where we have that negative attitude or a little bit pessimistic or seeing things, uh, the glass half empty. God wants to renew that so that we can come into a whole new level of victory with him. That we can come into a, a better relationship with him, a better relationship with one another. And really, an emotional health ourselves. This song, again, says, All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. Let's just kind of quiet our hearts as, as the worship team sings this. And just let the Lord do that search and examine your heart. Where am I at, Lord? Amen. Thanks again for listening to this message from River Valley Church. Do you know someone who would be encouraged by it? Make sure to share it with them this week. Again, for more content from us, please check out our website at rivervalleyboise.com.